0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: Stretch run here on Grant and Danny. Just Danny, no Grant. Hanging out with you guys for another 25 minutes or so. Got some Capitals hockey tonight on 106.7 The Fan. Jumping right now to ye old BetQL guest. Hotline from The Athletic, our buddy Ben Standing is with us. Ben, good afternoon, man. Thanks for the time.
1: Danny, absolutely, man. Happy holidays. Same
2: to you, my friend. Great piece as usual in The Athletic. I love this idea of kind of pulling Folks that do this for a living, right? Everybody that's, you know, former GMs, talent evaluators, guys that kind of do this for a gig. We get so caught up in our little, you know, I, I was liking it to somebody in the laboratory looking through the microscope at like whatever slide comes in front of us, like when we focus on this football team. People that see the other teams professionally as well, their perspective I think is always kind of valuable just to sort of ground us a little bit and remind us what we're seeing. And that was kind of the, the crux of this post here, talking about the Washington quarterback position. So tell folks, what did you do and what did you find out?
1: Yeah, I mean it's kind of what you said. I mean it, it's it, you know I think we're all like talking over you know to and over each other constantly on this thing we 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 obsess about, but you know it's good to get outside perspective like you said of people who you know do this for a living, but also are seeing everything else that's kind of going on out there. Um, You know I think the basic of the, of the question is here's what they're where they're at: T- Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz. You know, is there reason to go back to, to to Wentz? What do you make of the offense in general? Asked about what they think of Scott Turner uh and and, and so on. And I think the gist is, I don't, know, I don't know what your takeaway was, but, like, to an extent, I think they, they're they as stuck at, at, on what Washington should do as everybody else. Like, they, uh, several of them noted, like with Taylor Heineke, that, hey, give him credit for what he's done. He's had some really, you know, solid moments, especially from late in games. But part of the reason that they have to come back late in the game or they're tight is because of the throws he's missing in the first three quarters. And then they go, but that said, I'm not ready to go to Carson Wentz necessarily, even though he's got the bigger arm, because there is something to be said for Mojo that they have largely had since Heineke's been in there. And, you know, even though Wentz has – that arm, like, uh, I think mean, people still are not completely trusting of him after what's happened the last couple of years. So it was a pretty, it's pretty interesting to get that perspective. Um, but but there were some other nuanced aspects as well, and, and that's why I think it was a pretty good uh, look at the situation from the outside.
2: What were the thoughts on on Scott Turner? And I've, I've we've talked about this a million times, Ben. Grant and I have, have chopped this up a, a trillion ways from Sunday. And I think it's just so hard to evaluate when you don't have a quarterback that you trust and believe in. Right? I mean, the the, the data points are we have to do it this way, so we're just going to do it this way. And it's really hard to evaluate how sharp the play calling is or otherwise. Like, you get a guy wide open, like Curtis Samuel this past week, or maybe it was the week before, I can't remember which, is wide open. Most quarterbacks hit him in stride, it's a touchdown. No one in front of him. With Heineke, he's got to wait, stop, great to make a great catch, toe tap on the sideline, and it's a nice play, but it's not a touchdown that it should have been. That's a great play call. How do we evaluate that? All sorts of nuances like that that go into it. But what were folks saying about Scott Turner?
1: Yeah, you know, well, but by the way, just as you sort of said that, you know how we always hear about how a quarterback's development is stunted because he has like five offensive coordinators in five years? Yep. It's got to work the other way too, right? Scott Turner has not had the same quarterback essentially the whole time he's been here, three different week one starters. Uh, I mean, Heineke is the closest thing to a constant he's had, and obviously that's not – the expectation. So yeah, it is hard to evaluate him. Uh, I think in general, though, there everybody seems pretty optimistic, or, or pretty pretty uh, pleased with what they see from Scott Turner. Sure, there was notes that like last week, if Brian Robinson is doing what he's doing on the ground, maybe you need to lean into that more. But but in general, they're seeing players get schemed open, and they're seeing an, an offense that's you know makes you know, good at pairing the run and the pass makes. Uh, makes value of the pieces that they have does its best it can with that, with this offensive line and so on. Uh, So yeah, I think in general, people are pretty pleased with him. And like, to your point, that's one of the, like, what do we always hear when something goes wrong with the offense? It's, or, you know, it's not just for for Washington, for any team, blame the coordinator, terrible play call, Mm -hmm. but you know, if, in this case, Heineke hits the open receiver, oh, it's not a terrible play call, right? Or whatever whatever the deal may be. So I think, in general, they seem to be pleased with what they're seeing out of Turner, all things considered.
2: Ben Standing of The Athletic with us here on G&D. I, I want to read this one then have you kind of expound on it here. This is from Chris Sims, talking about uh, Taylor Heineke specifically, sort of the QB situation in general. There are phenomenal offensive weapons, and the scheme is pretty good, too. Kind of what you were talking about there with Turner. But they shouldn't be squeaking out a 19-13 win over the Falcons. There's too much talent across the board. It's hard to match up with those three receivers with how they run. Then there are the backs. The recent stretch looks good regarding wins and losses, but I think there's more to be had with the actual talent on the football field. To, To jerks like me, Ben, this is the story. They don't score many points despite having as good or better offensive talent when it comes especially to skill guys as most teams in the league, most teams would trade for their guys in a heartbeat. And yet we're sitting there going up 12 points, you know, gang, maybe well late fourth quarter drive to, to eke one out. Like this group hasn't scored three touchdowns since week two. Like that's unbelievable to me. And that's what I care about. Your thoughts.
1: Yeah. it's, it's, It's a great point. You know, there are times where we see an offense just not click or be overly conservative. And that's where like, you can question a play call. Like I know uh, for people who have Alvin Kamara in their fantasy league, they're incredibly frustrated that the saints are not using this guy who's like a Christian McCaffrey type running back in the passing game enough. And you really have to therefore say, Hey, what are you doing as, as a coordinator? I don't think that's the case here. I do think that Scott Turner is in pretty creative. Again, I think we all agree last week they should have leaned into Brian Robinson more, but they fell behind and, and went for the passing more. Um, I, I, this is where the quarterback part comes into play, because it's hard to it's hard to believe. Right, right, like if we said who's had a disappointing year, we wouldn't say Terry McLaurin, who just made a Pro Bowl. We definitely wouldn't say Curtis Samuel, based on you know where he was last year. and He's been pretty good. Jahan Dotson, other than the injury, has been pretty lights out. Uh, the tight end situation has been kind of bleak, but Brian Robinson's been good. Antonio Gibson's been good. All the playmakers have done well, but they're just not punching in the end zone. And I think that's ultimately where. And again, maybe we can quibble over a couple things in terms of play calling here and there and the fact that they don't have any really big receivers, but this is where the quarterback situation comes into play. Uh, by the way, let me, let me also be clear. I think the offensive line, the, the weakness there, is probably on some level the biggest issue of the team because an offensive line can make everything else look really good around them. It can't, it doesn't work the other way. You really It's really hard to, to help an offensive line because you have good receivers, right? Um, so I, I think the offensive line needs to be in the – far more in the discussion as to what's gone wrong. But ultimately, yeah, I mean, Taylor Heineke in the red zone is just not making the plays. I'm not saying Carson Wentz definitively was either, but but that's the thing. You have these playmakers. I think the play calling, for the most part, has been pretty good, the scheme, but they just can't punch it in. And, you know, it, it is hard to not come back to the quarterback for the most part. Yeah,
2: I wanted to ask you about the red zone woes. I mean, that to me is is the story. you have have seen this script play out a couple times where they've outgained their opponent, outpossessed the opponent two straight times against the Giants, have basically, you know, outgained them by 100 yards and yet, you know, the Giants have outscored them a, a couple times over. To me, the red zone woes are I don't want to say the story, but a huge one uh for this group. Why do you think that is and and you know, it's easy to ask Rivera and say, "Yeah, we'll focus on it." Okay, cool. But what can be improved? Can anything change or are we just sort of doomed to have this?
1: I think I think on some level we're doomed to have this. Um, you know, I mean, as long as they stay with what the current lineup looks like, you know, look, even if you say run Brian Robinson more, and look, he has been an absolute, you know, beast, you know, beast mode for sure, the way he's been aggressively running. But you know, it's obviously t- tighter in the red zone, and uh, you got to be able to you know make some throws. And I think the fact that none of their receivers are, are you know, over six feet tall means he doesn't have big targets to see. He's already undersized at the line, making that a challenge, particularly in that part of the field. It's one thing when you have the full you know, 60, 70, 80 yards to play with. It's another thing when it's all condensed. I think it is harder to see. And then, yeah, the offensive line is not always giving him the necessary time. I mean, their pass rush pressure allowed has been worse since Heineke's been at quarterback than when Wentz was in there. So that part's not getting better either. I, again, I, I think also like when we talk about next year, like what they need to do, I think it's pretty clear that they're going to have to figure out more help at tight end. I mean, maybe Logan Thomas in by next year after you know a full year after the knee recovery is different, but right now it's been kind of a nothing Uh, Production from that position for them. And I don't think that helps, especially when this is a perfect, the red zone is a perfect part of the field for the tight ends to work. And they just haven't had much out of there.
2: I wanted to ask you about that. And you led me right to it. What is happening there? Remember when Cole Turner was a thing? I'm old enough to remember that. You know, John Bates is (laughs) what he is. He's an inline blocker that's there to supplement and help the offensive line and maybe, you know, catch something within, you know, five, seven yards. But I've been. I, and I don't know how much is his fault, honestly, but I, I've been really uh, shocked, maybe the right word, been kind of just bummed, I guess, about the complete lack of production from Logan Thomas. I, I thought there'd be more, quite frankly. I understand you got mouths to feed with the run game and those receivers, but I, I thought he'd be a weapon, and we haven't really seen it.
1: Yeah, I, before the season started, um, you know, when we're doing like fantasy football predictions on the athletic, well, because of Carson Wentz uh, pension for throwing the tight end, one of my predictions was, if Logan Thomas is healthy, I think he's a guy you could potentially get as a sleeper. Blah blah blah. Obviously, Wentz hasn't even been in there for a while, but but it hasn't come close to being a good call on that front. And Logan Thomas just hasn't looked quite right. The the, the irony is, Washington's actually using two tight ends a ton. They used it more like twelve personnel more this week than any team in the league. It's been rising consistently over time, which I think is in part to. They're you know, leaning into the run for the most part and to help the offensive line with blocking. But the irony, therefore, is if you're going two tight ends and one of those three receivers is off the field or no running backs, essentially, and the tight ends are not doing that much for you in the passing game. So it, it, it weakens you in that regard. So I just don't think Logan Thomas has been quite right. And for whatever the reason, the balls just haven't gone that way. Which again, when you see the other players they have, you kind of understand it. But in the red zone, it does seem like that would be a great place to use a six five six six target like like Logan Thomas or John Baker or or just another tight end if they ever uh, go that way in the draft or something.
2: So Ben, it's not totally fair because there's extenuating circumstances for for each player. But just general principle, bear with me. This and I heard Dante Whitner say this on the Junkies the other day, and it kind of just kind of got me to thinking. They went from having an outstanding offensive line with all the pieces that you would want, maybe the best guard in football, at least a guy that's top three or four. I know how much he cost And then Trent Williams, a guy that's still playing as good as any left tackle uh, in the world, a Hall of Fame caliber player that's still doing it at a tremendously high level. And they don't have either anymore. And their offensive line isn't that good. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's one of those things that I know the situation. I'm not asking about those specific guys uh, per se, but... There's a decline here, and we can pretty much steadily see it, especially when it comes to pass pro. Just uh, kind of give me a state of the union there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, it, you know, we see it like you know, we're, we're, we're basketball fans, right? If you have one stud player in your five, everything else you can sort of build around that to some degree. And Washington, for the last decade plus, had at least Trent Williams or at least Brandon Chirf the whole time. And both of those guys are obviously, you know, among the best at their position. Trent Williams is one of the best ever at at the position they don't have that now. Right. And you know, I guess there was some hope for like Sam Cosby would take another leap this year. That hasn't happened obviously because of the injury primarily. And I don't know how great he was playing in the beginning of the year. Anyway, Charles Leno is solid, but like, I don't think we're putting him at the level of Jacoby Lachey, Trent Williams, you know, Chris Samuel or anything like that. And then the three in the interior, you know, they're on their third center because case Ria is hurt again. And the guards have obviously been underwhelming. So yeah, to me, as much as we talk about the quarterback, I think the offensive line's got to be priority, at least one B. You know, I, they've got to do more there. And, you know, ultimately the the Norwell-Trey uh, Turner uh, plan, you know, bringing in two guys familiar with John Matsko's system just hasn't quite Worked. Um, you know, the run game has been better, and I give a lot of credit to that to Brian Robinson, but in terms of pass protection, it just hasn't been there, and that's definitely hurt the cause uh, for sure.
2: Chatting with a buddy, and I'll, I'll let you go after this one, Ben. I, um, uh, Yesterday, he texted me, and he's like, hey, how in the hell can they beat this 49ers team? And I my responses were basically one of those, like, any given Sunday – Right and and weird stuff happens. Like that's the best case I can come up with. Is they play the games not on paper but in real life. Um, you know, San Francisco's better than almost everybody in the league right now, especially playing at home. Doesn't feel like a great matchup, but again, you would have said the same thing going at the Philly game, and Washington won that one. Weird stuff happens each week in this league. I just I just don't think this is a very good recipe for this group right now. This minute.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to look at it conventionally, it's hard to see how this works. I think the I think though the thing is what has been Washington's strength this year, the defense, right? And over the last, you know, 7-8 weeks, they've been getting turnovers. Not unfortunately not this last game, and that's part of the reason why they lost because this offense is not able to pick up the defense when the defense isn't like, you know, playing lights out. But if they can get back to that turnover, you know, creating turnovers, the pass rush with those linemen up front, and yes, I'm, I'm sure you have talked about it a lot today. That Chase Young is expected back, or he's going to play. So we'll see what he can contribute. If they can get to San Francisco, quarterback, who, as good as Brock Purdy has look, this will be what his second career start. He was a forget the fact that he was the last pick in the draft. He's still a rookie, and rookies, you know, have big ups and downs. That that's just part of the gig. So if they can be sound fundamentally defensively and make and let Brock Purdy kind of make the mistakes. You know, then I think that's their chance. But, yeah, without that, without creating turnovers, it's going to be a long day. They'll need to have Brian Robinson in the in the, the ground game control the clock, keep their defense fresh, keep San Fran's offense off the field, and then when given those chances with, with the rookie quarterback, you got to take advantage of them.
2: Ben, thank you as always, buddy. Have a great holiday, okay, man?
1: Danny, I am your Huckleberry, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Real quick, did you know what Ryan did? He he told me something about not understanding what the heck I what what gift I sent him. So
2: he literally he goes, yeah, I never read the book, and I went, <laughs> I went the, the the what the book? Because I was I told him. So all right, now that I got you, I got to do this real quick. I said, hey, you know what's fun? You could tell Ben. I actually literally saw this the other day that I'm your Huckleberry is actually period relevant, and it was actually not just a, a quirk that Val Kilmer gave the character, but. Hucklebearers were the names that people gave oftentimes to guys that were helping carry the 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 casket in in funerals AK okay. like I'll be the guy that that carries you in your funeral like that's it's a menacing thing to say and it actually was period appropriate and that's what that means And Ryan just goes, yeah, I've never read the book and I was like, what book the book of Tombstone he goes no Huckleberry Finn he literally <laughs> thought Huckleberry Finn says in the book like it's his catchphrase Mark Twain, one of the great writers of all time yeah. goes, I'm your Huckleberry, and that's how like the the character comes into the comes into the screen.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing. At least he didn't say he, he hasn't he hasn't seen Huckleberry Hound in a while. Oh my
2: God, that, he has no idea what that is either.
1: Ben, you're the best, buddy. always appreciate it. Thanks, man. See ya.
2: I'm your Huckleberry. That is Ben Standing of at the Athletic. Always appreciate his time. We're gonna do this right now, Darius, because the Capitals play tonight. We do a little something that's called the Capitals Power Play. Caps on ice tonight against the Ottawa Senators. If you're looking for the team that's last place in the Atlantic Division, you'd have to say it's the Ottawa Senators because they are. The Caps are hot right now. The Capitals, hot right now. Winners of seven of eight. Some guy named Alex Ovechkin has been stuck on 800 goals for some time. This is me. You can't see me, but I'm tapping my watch. Let's go. Score some goals, buddy. Be right here on our airwaves tonight where he passes some guy they nicknamed Mr. Hockey. They They didn't name him like... Mr. Mr. Guy that enjoys hockey or the skate guy or, like, Canada's favorite son. Or Mr. Hockey. That's who Ovechkin is about to pass. Pretty amazing. Come on, dude. Anytime, but seriously, tonight would be awesome. That is your Capitals power play. So we did a lot today here on the show. We'll be back at it tomorrow. We'll, do, we'll go behind enemy lines, Your Christmas tradition every year. We talk about the best gift you ever got, and I'll do the all-request impression a half hour or so. That'll be a hoot and a holler. Again, apologies to everybody that was at Silver Diner uh, this morning from 10.15, uh, about 11.15, and apparently one of our listeners was actually there, and he witnessed the actual melting down Three Mile Island style. Uh, so I apologize, and uh, thank you for your supportive and kind words. For Ryan, for Daris, for GP, everybody here at 106.7 The Fan, I'm Danny Ruye. We'll see you guys in Manana Caps Hockey this evening. Thank you for
0: coming. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (sighs)
1: Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?